so happy to have you here on the show. We have been talking about having this interview for a while now. And I really wanted to know, what does it feel to be on a Colombian TV show? <laughs> How is that experience? Well, it's pretty amazing because um, at first it was difficult. I came from studying in Russia. So for me, I still have a little bit of accent uh -huh. uh, speaking in Spanish. Like it's very subtle, but you know, I still do. So for me, the problem was not so much the acting. It was not for people not to notice that I had an accent, yeah. but it was so fun. Everybody was super welcoming. Um, the first soap I did, I did with um, very, well, she's a very famous actress, Itati Cantoral. Uh, she's Mexican and uh, working with her was amazing. Um, what I most liked is that everybody made you feel at home. That's interesting. You know, I grew up watching soap operas because like I'm from Cuba, right? So we used to watch all the soap operas from Brazil, from Mexico, from Colombia. And we have some local soap operas, but they were not that good. <laughs> but I remember they had this soap opera from Colombia and it was three brothers. I don't remember the name, but it was like a very famous one. And there was three brothers and I have two brothers. So like we are three and Milena, I'm telling you, the whole city will stop at three o'clock when the soap opera will come on. No one will be on the streets. All the businesses, people would like turn on the TVs and stuff like that. And I know that that type of like work usually for actors is like, nah, like it's not that important. But you have no idea how much happiness whatever show you guys are making brings to so many people. Oh, yeah. Do you ever think about that? Well, that's actually why I started this whole acting thing because, well, my dad is a director. Uh, he used to take me on set. And I remember I used to walk around and I would see these people and then I would see them on set acting and they would be completely other people. So they would change from one moment to the other. And I thought that was fantastic. And then I would see them on TV and then they would change like people's day or like month or even life maybe, you know? Some people watch a movie or a soap opera and they say, you know, actually what I'm going through, I can, I can survive this, you know, or maybe you're having a bad day and you just don't want to do anything and you turn on the TV and you watch something and, you know, the soap opera makes you laugh and then mm -hmm. I feel like, wow, yes, we can change somebody's day or life or hour at least, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's fun. Of course. What was the transition like for you then coming to America and trying to do acting uh, here in LA? How long have you been here in LA? I've been here about four years. Um, the only bad thing is I came around pandemic, so it was very hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, to be truthful, extremely hard because I did have a bit of a down here. Uh, coming from doing work and um, you know, working every day and knowing that, you know, I have work for six months and then maybe like a commercial and then work again for another six months to starting all over. It's very hard. Yeah. Especially when you came, when, when you and I met, it was in the middle of everything being shut down. There was no production. There was nothing going on. And I think it's already super hard for actors as a regular career 
but now you add that on top and it was extremely difficult. How were you able to like tell to yourself and, and say, you know, this is still what I want to do? That's really a good question. I think um, it made me, well, this whole pandemic made me realize the good things in me and the bad things in me and the things that maybe I needed to change in the sense that I was looking at everything. Um, I need work. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm doing all these auditions and now everything is changing because the auditions are not even in person. They you have to, you know, put camera on and lights and then you have to do it yourself and then send it in. And I was like, this is changing so fast. And I wasn't being able to cope with that. And then I was like, no, you know, nobody is going to adjust to me. I need to adjust to the system. And if somebody's not giving me work, then I need to do the work to do it myself. And I don't know if it was Quentin Tarantino who said that, but he said, when you make your own feature movie without money, that's the best film school you'll ever have, you know? And maybe not without money. I mean, with money, it's always better. But I think that when you start seeing that you make your own way here, that's when um, your life starts changing because you do your own projects. If, if somebody doesn't cast you in something, you can do your own movie and, you know, be the star in your movie. Yeah, which I love. And you and I have been talking about a project that you're thinking about and working on with some other people. So how has it been for you that transition again of going from only thinking about being on screen to now creating pitch decks and working on scripts and trying to find how are we going to make this project happen? It's extremely difficult, but it's so much fun because you start learning new things. You start learning that, you know, you need, you know, somebody to give you money and the budget and um, how to make this actually happen. You sit down and for me, it was like, how do I get what we wrote to onto a screen? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the process? Like I was going crazy because I, I didn't know how to do that. Right. And then actually one of my friends, the one that we did a work, uh, short together recently, I admire him very much because he showed me that it's so possible. It's very possible that you just need to get a plan and you need to get to know people who have done it before. And you just need to start from somewhere. So you start getting the people that you need for the project. Um, if you can get some money for the project, that would be nice too. Mm -hmm. And just do it. I mean, it's as easy as if you have a cell phone, you can make a movie. Mm -hmm. It takes work. But now it's so much more available than in any other time, you know. So you and your brother just came today to do the podcast. We also have an episode with him. And when you guys first came on, it was like, oh, my God, you guys were all dressed up, which I love. And the energy was there. And you guys were very professional. How was it for you growing up in a family of artists? Because your dad is a director, your mom is an actress, your brother is a, a, an amazing singer. It's pretty amazing, but it's also uh, a lot of pressure. If I'm honest with you, um, 
From who? Mom or dad? No, I think it's from myself. I think it's from myself because when you have parents that have made it so big, the I think the level is just so high that, you know, it's it's a little bit of where you think like when somebody is innocent and they don't know what you can reach, it's so much easier sometimes. But when you know it, you know, the, you know, the level of the actors or the directors and where you need to go and that you're not get that good, then it becomes like so, so much harder. But it's some, it's a limit that you put on yourself. Yeah. It's not, I don't feel it's um, my parents or my brother or like nothing like that. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. In my case, my parents are in the medical field, doctor and nurse. Whatever I did film related, my mom was always like, oh my God, like for her, it was like amazing, right? And same for my dad, because like working with cameras and computers and all that. In your case, whatever you bring to show mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, like my dad, he doesn't um he doesn't do the auditions with me like he gets very nervous first of all i don't know why he gets nervous yes he gets nervous because i i don't know why but he gets nervous like he he wants me to do so well that he gets so nervous i guess mm -hmm. and so um, i try sometimes not to show them because i know that they i'm their daughter and at the same time they have this critical eye mm -hmm. Um, that they they will tell me the truth, you know. Yeah. So it's so you hard. don't want to put them on the spot. Yes. Like, tell me, but don't tell me. <laughs> Man, that that would be hard. I think if I had to do that with my with my, I have a son and daughter. Uh, Abel really likes filming and doing videos and all that. He's the one that criticizes me. Really? Yeah. He's oh very. He watches YouTube, so he's always like looking at all the stuff. So. I'm teaching him some things that he's doing wrong, but then he's also looking at my stuff and he's a kid, so he has no, he doesn't know what I do and that I'm a professional and all that. He loves the idea of like, oh, my dad, he's a film, it's a filmer is what he calls me. My dad oh, is a filmer. And then I have to tell him, hey, your dad is a director. Uh, but he looks at things and he's like, oh, why is that this like that? Or why is that like that? So I bet that for you, it must have been really difficult I always wonder what would life be like if I grew up in a house of artists? Do you think in, in your experience, how much of the artistry has come from your innate curiosity towards it and your passion uh, towards that? And how much has it come just because you were in a family where that was the norm? I was always curious, but having a family of artists also, kind of pushes you to to see things differently because I just I just worked around like very creative people so I would go to work with my dad I would go to the classes that my mom would have also and I thought that was the norm you know what I mean uh, it wasn't super crazy for me because that was just the normal thing. Like we would read books and discuss them and, and we would uh, watch movies and say like what we liked and what we didn't like. And my dad would always have a comment. And I thought that was normal until 
Then I met normal families and I was like, this is not normal. <laughs> but it, it was fun. It was fun. And I think we all are born with something creative, but being in a creative family, that does help. So how was your childhood? Because I know you lived in different countries. Were you born in Russia and then came to Colombia? I was born in Russia. Um, and then when I was four, we traveled to Colombia. And then this whole new world started for me because I didn't know the language and then everybody was speaking something different. And um, I don't know, it was, it was a whole new world for me. But I think it helped me also adapt very easily to new environments because then I had to travel to the United States and, and then I was like, oh, well, if you're nice and you do this and you do that, then, you know, you could get friends. Because <laughs> sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult when you go from one place to another. You change uh, friends, you change acquaintances, you don't know anybody. And by the way, I think acting helped me out so much in that because you know, I would go to the drama club and then I would meet people there. And, and then you have friends all of a sudden. So exactly. How old were you when you came to the States? I was about nine years old. And then you lived here and then you went back to Colombia? I went back to Russia. I studied there for four years um, in an academy. And then I went to Colombia and did soaps. <laughs> nice. Super weird. Yeah. So how was the process for you as an actor of studying and learning? Do you feel like for younger actresses out there, do you feel like they should definitely go to school and study technique and go to a drama school and do that? Or should they go straight into trying to work in the industry? I believe that training always helps because when all else fails, you have your training. Um, Great actors can be born actors too, and maybe you can stand in front of the camera and you're great, and that's wonderful, and that's what you can do, and I wouldn't say no to that person, but if you can get more tools and study, it's much better, because then when, when that innate thing that we have as actors doesn't work out, then you always have the technique, and there's so many techniques out there that you know, to have these tools is just very necessary. And now more than ever, because I think the acting career is a career that, I think my brother said this to you, but um, you know, a pianist, he can, you know, sit at a piano and play, and you know that he's a great pianist. For actors, it's not so much so, and it's very difficult for us because if we don't have the tools, then sometimes, you know, we can, do things that come come back as cliche and uh, fall into like bad acting. And there's just like so, so much space out there where you can damage yourself by just um, doing things that you don't know and not having a technique to say, fall back on and, and say like, oh, this works or this doesn't work, you know, this is good and this is bad. Mm -hmm. So. I would say like studying is very important, but you know, there's also innate actors that are so good. <laughs> so. so what are some of your uh, favorite techniques? And if we could get like very deep into it and like actually go through like either an exercise, I have no idea what I'm about to get into, but like 
let's talk about hardcore like technique and things that you have learned maybe that you didn't know before and then you found during class and then you learn how to do something that now I could be like blown away by it. I think you won't be blown away by it. I think it's very simple, but it's something that I learned that blew my mind. Um, I think every, not every technique, I'm, that, that's a lie, but a lot of the techniques that we have now, like the Lee Strasberg and Stella Adler and many others, come from the Stanislavski technique. Mm. But he himself, um, I would say had several because at one point in his life he thought things were one way and then he started seeing that no well actors can work another way so his technique changed a lot but the basics are so good because it's things that an actor always has to ask ask himself um like where am i coming from where am i going you know uh who am i like every, all those questions are very important to answer. And I had one exercise that for me changed it. And it was actually one of my mom's exercises that she would do with beginning groups. Mm -hmm. And um, it would just be to like go out on stage and wait. How do you wait? You know, what do you do when you wait, you know? Go out on stage and wait. And so what's the first thing that you do when you wait? So like everybody's like, hmm. <laughs> she's like no like what's your that's not how people wait what's your mind process when you wait what are you waiting for first of all you know are you waiting for the train are you waiting for um a date you know what what expectations do you have of this wait you know uh from that also when we wait we don't just wait for example sometimes we're waiting for the bus but Jesus, how much did I spend on my credit card? So, um, you know, yesterday I had um, lunch, so I spent $20. And then, oh, the light came this week, so, you know, that was like 100 And then, you know, so that, that's waiting, you know? So when you wait, that's all the things you do. Or sometimes you're thinking about, you know, if somebody's coming and you're like... Oh, I wonder what he's wearing. Is he wearing that cologne that, you know, and your expression changes. So there's a lot of um, things that we can do on stage or on screen um, that are so subtle. And that was my lesson because it's so easy to do nothing when you wait. But a good actor does a lot of things in that process. He's not just waiting, he's living. So you need to bring a little bit of life into that moment that can be insignificant, you know? Yeah, that's very interesting. I think I, I have used that before to get actors to do a certain thing. And it's funny how it relates back to either memories or emotions. And I'm fascinated by how can you plant a memory or an emotion back into someone's mind and get almost teletransport their mind to that moment in place and then give you a body representation of what they are going through in their minds 
which I think that's almost what acting is. Yes. You are borrowing someone's memory and make sometimes with your own memory of things that happen to then come to like create in the now a new version of that which like I think we're getting very philosophical but I think that's the beauty of art and that's almost like the intangible thing but it's really interesting that because you're studying and learning you're learning things that trigger that reaction and almost give you a result that for the untrained person can seem like oh that's like that's amazing mm -hmm. and what do you think is the the difference between a person who's like an amazing actor and then someone who's just like a star and how are you thinking about navigating those two things because i think they're almost separate but they go hand in hand when it's done properly so what is i guess my question is how are you trying to go about your acting career as someone who needs to be well known and famous and all that but with this background and all of these emotions and things that you're trying to bring into it? Mm -hmm. For me personally, I, and it's going to sound weird, but I never thought of being a star. I just like this so much and there's nothing else I know how to do. <laughs> there's nothing else I know how to do, but um, I cannot live without being creative. And I believe to answer your question about being a star and being, you know, a real actor with a process, um, maybe it's very simple, but I believe it's that actor or star that goes out on stage and gives it everything. And he's not the star, for example, you know, I don't know, Natalie Portman, let's say, goes out and she's on stage and she can either be the star, Natalie Portman, or she can be the character. And that is a very subtle difference, but you can see it. When somebody thinks, you know, oh, I deserve to be here and look at me and this is me. Or if somebody is just living the life of that. The character character person and you don't see natalie portman you see behind that the person that she's portraying mm -hmm. and i think that that's the the big difference between you know a person who's a star because yeah they'll do good acting but you will see oh you know this is um i don't know um i don't want to say any names because yeah so everybody so yeah this is carpenter exactly this is so and so oh and she's so good or you're like wow, that's my aunt, or, you know, I know people like that, and, and she touched me with her story, you know, that's a difference, or like, oh, that was so-and-so, and he was great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's the difference. Yeah. That's interesting that you put it that way. How do you go about separating those two lives, then, almost separating those two lives, where you have Milena, Milena? And then you have Milena Rivero. Like, <laughs> well, no, I'm well, I'm not that famous yet. <laughs> but But don't you think you need to have a little bit of your self image as a star to be able to go out and say, I'm going to work for this because I'm a star and I'm going just to at least for me, 
I used that image of Axel as the director to help me power through like when I don't want to get up early in the morning and work on a script or a pitch deck or a project. I'm like, but hey, you said you want to be the Mr. Big Director, so you better get up and do it. Does that happen to you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think we all need that. I think it's not even in in an artist's field. It's it's um it's everywhere in life. You need to strive to be well, we say in, in Spanish, you need to strive to be the president, you know, to be able to be governor. Because you need to have a self-image where you know where you're going, you know. And it's not so much to me about being um, a star. It's more of um, finding a purpose for what you're doing and, and, and really going through with that. So do you do any of the manifestation and writing out your goals and like doing all those things that so many people talk about nowadays no <laughs> no, no vision don't. board i do have a vision board i do okay. i do have a vision board but i don't do affirmations mm, i like to write down i do do one thing um so in new year's i write down my goals but there are things that you know i can reach this year and then there's things that I want for further years. And I write both lists down. And it's curious because every time I do it and I check it um, the year after, maybe three or four or five things that I have written down from like a list of seven or eight have come true. And it's very powerful, I think. It's very powerful to write things down and really put your mind into it because I don't just like write it down and forget it. I do think about them. And like you said, when I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh, you know, well, I want this to happen. So how am I going to do that? You know, mm -hmm. I think um, I think it is very important. Mm. But I think it's very curious because I, I haven't done the manifestation things. And I think they do work. I have friends who, who do it and it does really work. So. Yeah. I think when you pay attention to something, then you think about it more. Mm -hmm. Then you make decisions that are affected by the way that you think. By doing more of those actions, you get closer to those things. So to me, the whole concept of manifestation is just focusing on something that you want. And I write my goals and I have them at the beginning of the year, but then I look at them almost weekly or every other week. I try to just like read them and then what am I doing for this? What am I doing for this? What am I doing for this? Which is almost like a plan. I think someone said, when you write out goals, those are dreams. Yes. But what you should think about is how can you write plans? Wow. So then you can actually have it in reality. That's so good. So in your case, you had the dream of becoming an actress and all that. You did work in different countries, got training. Now you come to LA, the mecca of Hollywood and acting. You made that a reality. Now, what has been that experience for you and what do you think is coming in the next few years? It's been a great experience. I think sometimes we need to be uncomfortable 
to change. And that's exactly what happened to me. Mm. And it blew my mind. It changed everything I thought about acting because... How so? Because sometimes, and you know, we're human. We, we all have our faults. And sometimes we do as humans get into a victim mentality in the sense that, oh, well, I was doing so great over there and now I'm here and nothing's happening and COVID and, or not COVID, many things happen, you know? I think what's interesting is how do you get out of it? Yes, you know, these are the circumstances. Mm, Hollywood is, Hollywood is something very um, complicated to understand because... From Hol the outside, Yes, right? because Hollywood is, you know, I'd be like, well, if I have to make a line, I'll make the line. But you don't know where the line is, <laughs> you know? Where does the line start? <laughs> um, you know, if I have to knock on doors, I'll knock on doors. But where are those doors, you know? Uh, so sometimes you feel helpless because you have to start from a system of zero. You have to learn how to do LA casting and Casting Frontier and how to get managers and how to um, become acquainted with a whole new system, right? Mm. So that was pretty difficult for me. And then on top of that, sometimes you need a grace period of learning how to do that. And in that time, you can either feel like you're a victim of like what's happening to you, or you can say, no, I'm gonna do my own stuff. There's festivals, there is um, short films I can be in. Uh, I can always do acting. This is the great thing about LA. You can always do what you want to do. Maybe it's not gonna be up there right now, but it's definitely gonna get there if you work at it, you know? And you can always do a project. Like I said, if you have a phone, you can record anything. You know, you can do monologues, you can turn them in. So there's always things to do. So you asked me what um, is coming for the future. And like I said, my mind has changed so much that I think that I'm gonna do my own projects. And it's been interesting because I've figured out that I also like directing and I might want to do producing too because you have to kind of, you know? Um, so that's been super interesting. It's, it's been, I've definitely grown in the sense that um, my mind has been opened. It's not only acting, it's so many other things that you can do here. And the doors are open, you just have to see where they are. <laughs> so in this case that you're thinking about that, what have you found to be like the hurdle or the barrier to go from acting to directing? And you, have you directed something or you're just thinking about it and trying to figure out how to do this new project? I have directed because when I studied in Russia, we did acting and directing. So I have done it before. Um, and right now I'm doing a short with a friend that I'm going to be directing and I do um, I do have like those tools so I am doing like all the things that I need to do to prepare for it and very soon I'm going to see if you know all those tools will work out yeah I would love to see that I think yeah. it's very interesting I have worked with several actors who go in and try direct in my case like I grew up acting as a kid I did a lot of theater and then I always loved cameras and computers and all that. So then I started directing and I made that transition 
sort of. I never mm -hmm. acted in like big things or anything like that, but I acted for years doing plays. Okay. It's a different, it's a whole different monster. What are you more intimidated by and what are you most excited about that you feel you have a hold on that? What I have a hold on, maybe a little more on, um, is uh, directing actors. I think because I have acted and I know mm -hmm. I've been in that place before and I've seen my dad direct for so many, so many years, I have a sense of that. But what scares me is more of, um, not where to put the cameras, but the technical stuff because I'm not very used to that yet. But I believe that if you have the creative part, all the rest you can learn, you know? So I'm scared, but it's good to be scared sometimes. Yeah. It's good to be scared. Tell me about your dad. My dad. Um, well, my dad, he... And, and don't tell me the story of your dad. Tell me about... Because you and I have had some conversations about fatherhood and the relationship between father and, and daughter and all that. What do you miss the most about him? Or what is the thing that you look up to him the most as a father? Um, my dad's a great dad. I think that that's very lucky because I've felt that he's always been there. And even though he really didn't want any of us, like not my brother, not me to do anything in the arts because he knows how really? hard it is. <laughs> he knows how hard it is. So he's like, no, Gosh. he's always been super supportive. I think he, my mom and my dad um, got divorced when we were, I was nine years old. My brother was a little bit older and I can be proud to say that, well, yes, my dad is this big director, but like you say, like the personal things, I'm so glad that he was just there. Like he was there and, and, and my mom always included him in everything. And I think that presence is so important in life for especially a little girl who's, you know, growing up and trying to do the things that she's dreaming about. Um, I think that's very important, like to have a dad that's just there, you know, that you can call up and, and, and if I had anything that, you know, was upsetting me, he would be there. Um, he was very present and the plus side was that when I didn't have him there because he couldn't be physically there, uh, ah, secret, I would turn on like a soap that he would do or something and I'm like, oh, my dad did this and then that would kind of distract me and make me feel like I was with him. Did he ever directed you on something? He hasn't, like, we've been in projects together, but like I say, he gets very nervous when, uh, when I'm on stage for some reason, so he can't direct me, like, he, he can't, he just, um, he asks somebody else to do it. That's interesting. He gets so what nervous. What do you think that is? There was one incident with my brother where he didn't, he liked acting, but he really didn't want to be an actor. Um, and they saw that he was just the, the role. And my dad was doing something like a telenovela and he, he was doing a soap and, and they saw my brother and they were like, he's, he's the person that we're looking for. Like, why don't you put him? And my dad was like, well, he doesn't really want to do acting. And they're like, no, 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 you should do it. And then the, 
producer came to the show when my brother was already, um, you know, having his makeup done. He was going to start the first day and he's like, oh, you can't do that because like you can't work father and son and like one project that that's not ethical, they said. So I think that um, he was just like very frustrated when that, ha when that happened. And I remember that he said he was going to quit because like he didn't want my brother to go through having to tell him that he couldn't be in it just because he was directing it. That's crazy. It's super crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't ethical for some reason uh, to work with your son. So I think because of that, he kind of doesn't want, you know, things to be mixed, I guess. Mm -hmm. So he lets me just like do my own thing. And, you know, I like I've never been in anything that my dad has directed. So what type of roles do you really enjoy doing? You know what I would enjoy doing and I haven't done yet? Ah, for anybody out there that wants to. <laughs> um, I really want to do something classical, like a classical piece, like something that... What do you mean classical? Something that's not from this... Uh, like a period piece? Yes. Okay. Like, not recent. Something, yeah, like a period piece. Okay. Um, I would really like that. Why? I think it's very interesting to do a role that is not from, you know, the life that we're living in right now. It's very interesting. It takes a, a lot of examining and a lot of um, reading about history. And I think it's very interesting. It's just like, then you can really test yourself, your limits, because you have nothing to grab onto. Here in modern life, we can be however we want to be, and that's the character. But if you're doing a character that already lived or, or something from another period, you have to be very accurate. So I think that's very interesting. For me, period piece is just like, how am I gonna do a period piece? You know, it takes so much money. Like I think always of the production side. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, how are we gonna get th that made? So everything is like current time, make it simple with the tools of the things that you have, with favors and getting people to help you like shoot whatever it is that you have to shoot, which is funny enough, the project that you're working on we talked about it and it was like, yeah, you need to figure out how to like just get it made. So you want to talk a little bit about that, that project, what it is? So it's a project that we have between um, me and two, two other friends. Mm -hmm. And we started writing, oddly enough, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like everyone else. Like everyone else, else, sadly enough. <laughs> um, we started writing it then. And it's something that could be very interesting because I believe... It's something that's been told so many times before, but it hasn't been told from that point of view or perspective. And what's the story for people who don't know? Uh, the story, well, I'll go into it a little bit so that... Yeah, you just know. like the, the two lines. Um, basically, it's about immigrants that come here, but not the usual... Uh, story that we get that you know they have to you know work for the for this and that and it's so hard so these are kids that come and for some reason they find themselves in LA the three of them come from good backgrounds in the sense that they have you know money they have um, all the comforts and they come here and for different reasons they have to 
adapt to a new world because they don't have those privileges anymore being here. And yeah, and it's kind of like how they get together in their life. And I think it's going to be super interesting because it hasn't been told before from, from that side. And the each character has so much life inside them. And I just think that it's it would be a very interesting thing to to see. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So what's if you had to pick, what's your favorite stage or screen? Oh no, it's just I, you can't do that. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> um no, both. It's, they're both so different, but mm -hmm. so they're both very different. You got to pick one. Ah, if I had to pick... Nah, I'm just joking. No, well, they're... Wh why do you love them both so much? Okay, so theater, because you you get the reaction right away. And, and you know, you know, you get the energy right there. And you can do one whole uh, life in two hours, you know? And then you have to do it all over again next, um, I don't know, next, next week. Time, yeah. And even better, you know, hopefully. Um, and, and movies, I really like movies because you can show so much in a, in a minute or in a glance. Or what we were talking about, for example, when you can show like something very simple, but it's just, you can capture so much in cinema. And you, you have to do it once and that's it. Like you, of it course you get- forever. Yeah, yeah. And of course you could get two or three tries, but um, but it's something that, you know, it's going to live there forever and ever and be in the internet or on screen or yeah. wherever. Yeah. For me, I have to go like screen, even though like now when you were talking about theater, I was like, yeah, I was just remembering when I was a teenager and doing plays in front of like 400 kids. The energy. It's so, like, it's so fun because you know this is my director mind speaking i the feeling you get when you know that everyone is about to lose their mind when you say the next line that you're about to say and you know it and then you have to hold it in and you know <laughs> that you're about to drop something like and i'm remembering right now a specific moment i was doing this play at summer camp it was a comedy my character was like his name was botonso uh -huh. which means bobo, tonto y sonso. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, which mean, in English that would be like, almost like dumb, stupid, and even stupid. <laughs> and like, I was like this stupid kid, like I was like stupid, right? So, but I had the funniest lines in the whole play. And you know, that feeling you get right before you're about to drop the line that you know everyone is gonna lose their shit and mm -hmm. then everyone is going to come afterwards and like talk about it and all that, that is priceless. So oh. I, I can see why you have that, like it's hard to pick. As an actor, I can see that now as a director, film just gives you so oh. much, like you, it's yours. Like you do this, you do this and it's so, down to the detail of the movie comes out the way that it comes out because you made all of these decisions in so many different areas and also you have this magic that happens with the actors 
I love working with actors. I think that that is my most favorite part of making a movie. I think the story also has that because you have all the immense possibilities of finding what the story could be and like coming up with ideas and all that. But then that little moment where you're there working with actors. So part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to get to talk to people like you and ask you, what do you enjoy the most? And as a director working with an actress, for you, what is the most magical way that that relationship could work? Wow, that's a great question. And not a lot of people ask it from that side. Mm-hmm. Um, good directors do. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. But um, from my side, I would say when you can speak to the director, when you can see what they really want, because sometimes it's just directions and there's nothing further like nothing about the character just like oh so you come here and you sit and then like you have these conversations and then you get up and you leave sometimes directing is like that when it's like that it's very difficult but when a director really goes deep with you and um tells you what he really wants in the movie or in the scene or what's going on you know um further than just the actions that one needs to do it gets to be like super interesting for for us because then we can have you know not a big conversation but a a small conversation about like what do you want the audience to see like what do you want me to to show them or or what should i um you know what should i be feeling or or doing here you know so so that's 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 really nice like when i get good directors it's just so much easier what makes another actor be someone good to work with oh that's easy when they listen when they listen when they really listen and you are there with actor because sometimes what happens a lot of times when you are in front of a camera is that they'll be on you and then you do the acting of your life and then then on the other person. And then when the other person has to give you the lines, um, they just give you the lines. Or they act, but they're not really into it, or they're not really listening. They're just saying a bunch of words to you. <laughs> so when an actor really listens on the other side, oof, it just um, makes you, I don't know, it, it just changes it up for you. Like it makes me. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's very important. As well as, as, as for me, sometimes it's, it's hard to listen, but when you are really listening in a scene, it makes it so much easier. So if you could do anything in life, time is not a problem, money is not a problem, what would you like to do? Everything. <laughs> no, 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 everything that has to do with, um, with film. I would like to produce a movie, I would like to direct a movie, I would like to act in like a really good movie. I would like to to be able to do all of those kinds of things. All at the same time? No, no, like one, one, one. <laughs> this, is, this is it, like I'm so happy that we get to do this, we get to have these conversations and it's almost like, you know, we have these goals 
we have all these things that we want to make but at the end of the day it comes down to that little moment when you're in the middle of doing something that you really want to do and i felt that with this interview so i really appreciate you oh my god thank you well you make everybody feel very at home i think uh you have a talent for for asking all the right questions i believe so i really enjoyed it too and i certainly got a little taste of like what what you think about and what you believe so that's that's really nice too well thank you guys so much for watching this episode if you enjoyed it please share it with a friend and again we'll see you in another one